I'm SP from the GuineaGeek.com show, a weekly geek news podcast that is part of the GuineaGeek.com network. Just like the show you're checking out now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other amazing geek shows at GuineaGeekNetwork.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Crash Couch. See, I told you we would be back in a quick fashion, not, you know, a month and a half like we were last time. But hey, we're here and we're excited to talk about The Expanse. This time, episode seven and eight of season four, we're getting down to the to the nitty gritty of it all. And uh, here with me today is a returning guest for the first time this season. Laura, Laura, how are you? I'm good. How was everyone else doing? We're we're good. We're, we were lonely without you. But oh yeah, I was glad lonely you're al- back. alone. Yeah. We also have Joel. Joel, how are you? I'm doing great. For what day is it? This uh, that does really matter. I'm still alive. I'm happy about that. <laughs> there you go. And finally, Ernie. Ernie, how are you? Uh, some good, some bad. I, I I guess one of the good things I want to announce here is that I actually sing better. And Cass Anvar, so I just want to put that out there. <laughs> that was pretty cool of him oh, to actually do that out on Instagram and post something that he promised us fans uh, if we got yeah. the expanse save. So thanks, Cass. I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, very cool. Uh, unfortunately, we do not have Ian for this episode. He is feeling a little under the under the weather. He does not have coronavirus. Thankfully, it's a different kind of sickness. But we do wish him. Well, and hopefully for the finale, which we will record here uh, probably in about a week or so, barring any unfortunate or unforeseen circumstances, we will hopefully have the full crew. Yay! Yay! For the Yay. first time this season. Now, I, I'll before check we my start, DMs. Yeah, before we start, I want to say that uh, Laura <laughs> was not checking her DMs for, on uh-huh. Twitter, which is how we all communicate, <laughs> and had literally no idea that there was uh-huh. any messages until I tweeted her. Laura, check your DMs. And she said, what? Yep. So sorry to the two other people I was ignoring, too. (laughs) Whoopsie. (laughs) (laughs) It's like a pretty common thing between like me and my friends, too, where they're like, just someone go yell at Laura to check her messages. (laughs) I'm like, oop, oop. Sorry, I disappeared again. Well, Laura, since we haven't had you on any of the episodes, I'm, I'm sure that you just binged all of season four as soon as you could. Um, even the, like, don't yeah. get into the, like the, the episode nine or eight, nine or 10 discussion yet, but what was your overall thoughts on the season? Cause obviously the, it's, it's pretty different. Yeah. Like on the whole season. Broadly, yeah. Just like how, I mean, how it was and, you know, production and how it looked. It definitely felt like something not separate, like it wasn't, you know, it didn't follow from the rest of it, but it felt like it had a kind of a, it found a place with Amazon, um, found a new flavor. I'm trying to say this without getting like too excitable because I know I can do that a lot. It was <laughs> so good. <laughs> uh, the way I read the books too was kind of in like a, I imagined sort of a Western vibe because it's, you know, frontiers and stuff mm-hmm. and i kind of got that vibe too from the series or from the show 
So I was really pleasantly surprised. And the casting was spot on. I love Burn Gorman and I love um, all the people they chose for like LV and Faez and uh, Lucia. Everyone. Nice. So great. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ha- have you had any like uh, not complaints, but any anything you would do differently or something, maybe something that took you a little bit to get used to from going from a TV show to an online streaming show? Um, I mean, it's not a complaint per se, but definitely for someone like me, <laughs> um, it kind of would have been nice to have it released like weekly. I miss yeah. doing like the live tweeting thing with everyone. Um, although there was a system in place for that, which was nice. But um, I have zero self-control. So, you know, the moment <laughs> I reach the end of episode one, because they're not going to not end it on like a cliffhanger. I was like, well, <laughs> guess I'm yeah. watching the whole first season immediately right now. <laughs> so, oops. <laughs> yeah, I think Person. all of us had that too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was like, I went in with good intentions. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to pace myself. <laughs> nope. Sure didn't do that. <laughs> I think Joel. that streaming, I think season four needs more swearing. I'm a swear guy. So, uh, yeah, I think huh. more F words should be at launch in season four. Like fun? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, fun, <laughs> fantastic, uh, fudge. What else is there? <laughs> Fabulous. <laughs> Firefly? No, that's it. <laughs> Laura, I'm glad that you mentioned um, how that you had no self-control and benched it all. Because uh, last time when we recorded, I had mentioned that I actually never, like I've watched, you know, up to episode five or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And realized that I I never finished the season, and just because you know a lot of things happened, and the yeah. year twenty twenty has felt like an eternity at this point. Yeah. So, yeah. do you uh, know, like I, two months ago we were like thinking that there was going to be World War Three? Yeah. That was like two months ago, three months ago. That was like this year. <laughs> yeah. Time is weird right now. I don't blame you. <laughs> and that's what's over Iran. Let's see what's happening with North Korea right now. But let's mm-hmm. not digress. Okay. Yep. Okay. <laughs> Back on track. Not real world politics. Space science fiction politics. Yeah, let's right. talk about slugs. Yeah. Yes. Because <laughs> yeah. slugs were apparent and a huge threat in the uh, one of these episodes. So both of these episodes. Yeah. So <laughs> I didn't think we were gonna see them because they kinda like were going through a bunch of the stuff without getting the slugs and then boop, they came in. I was like, oh, oh right when they everyone's just like going blind like man that's a like like 2020 mood too just everything's going wrong and wrong and wrong and wrong well see that's what (sighs) i loved about these two episodes especially because we're talking about seven and eight uh seven was Mm -hmm. a shot in the dark and then eight was the one-eyed man i feel like these two episodes were a yin and yang uh just because seven was a culmination of just threats happening to even slugs and and what was happening with the OPA and everything was just kind of this cacophony of just noise about to happen. And then eight yeah. kind of gave us a little bit of breath air, you know, like a fresher breath, yeah, a breath of fresh air there. I can't even speak, but, <laughs> yeah. uh, but it gave us hope, but there's also still this threat. You know, the first thing that happens when Murtry starts to see again is like, he's already like, you know, make sure yep. the charges are set. So, I mean, the writing on this, uh, I thought was just excellent just because it, it still gave us threat, but uh, it's kind of a nice little breath of fresh air. I think it's very yeah. telling. 
too that like while everything was going very well like they're getting the bar back up and everyone's starting to see again and everything's going well all I could feel during that was like something's something's gonna go wrong <laughs> so <laughs> like they're building up like all this good hope just to like crash it <laughs> I'm just more nervous now <laughs> Because I read the books and I've seen the whole series, but I watched it all way back when. So I was like trying to remember exactly what happened. Yeah, I liked how these two episodes really sort of turned the show into a horror um, or had, you know, some aspects of it. Just because like, you know, you go and explore these these ancient ruins and who knows how long they've been there or how long it's been since somebody else or something else has been in there and you don't really expect i i assume the slugs came from the water because we had the the big tsunami and they came from the water when the water was you know pouring into the yeah. into the ruins and it's something like that is because you can sort of expect to have something like that in real life too but you don't really think about it until it happens and the way that they portrayed it and the way that they sort of like built up the suspense of you know maybe one of the belters killing because that was the whole the whole point there was you had the belter killing the other guy and that's how they figured it out and then like he came out of the water with a slug on his face i'm like what is that like i didn't even realize what it was at first and then he just fell over and then they eventually make the point to show that it's a slug and then once you get on your once it gets on your skin you know you're screwed so i just i just thought that was really interesting and it's almost like you know this this monster following you around and you know you have to like look up and then hope that you know one doesn't like fall on you and it's just it's very fascinating very scary for something so so tiny yeah it's also like the worst possible thing to happen when everyone's starting to go blind. Yeah. And that kind of, you know, really affects Amos and it kind of takes his power away, you know, and that was kind of a cool little character niche that we got to see out of Amos because he starts to go crazy. Um, I am so psyched. We get to see more Amos. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But then he reverted back to his, uh, I'm not sure it was the episode eight or episode seven, but he spoke about uh, when he was five years old, when they came to get him. And that, that implied some really horrible sexual violence. That's how I read that. So uh, it's definitely horrific. Yeah. Yeah, I think they're like kind of weaving the novellas through. And I know um, the churn goes into his, like his upbringing. So I think they're just kind of going to be plopping it in. (laughs) (laughs) So I think that was another point where they're like allude to the horror he kind of grew up in. Yeah. We kind of see why he's a machine when it comes to emotions sometimes, but I mean, we do see a softer side of him too, when he starts kind of caring for this redheaded kid, who's got the, you know, the blindness now from this organism and God, this, I I just love the moments where it's just, uh, you never get a, a lukewarm feeling from him it's just like you get one or the other and you get this extreme anger from him and he was just going crazy burning these slugs and then when the the site comes back he's back to protective amos it's just Mm -hmm. he's such a fascinating character to me oh i love him so much i don't i think he kind of gets sold as like 
unfeeling when I think mm-hmm. he feels things very deeply, but processes them a little different or expresses them really different. Yeah, it just comes like out a- as like very defensive. So he like, I mean, he explained to aim or excuse me to Alex in the previous season, I believe, where, you know, he's just sees people in roles and he's, you know, a protector and other people need protection. Yeah, he's like a psychopath in training or in rehab, I should say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's exactly yeah. what he is. And I think he like, yeah. Well, I mean, because even the term psychopath, he... uh, a lot of people think it's just like murderer, but it's not. It's actually yeah. uh, way deeper than that. It's it's a, a lack of sympathy and emotion. And you know, I think Amos to a certain degree can turn on the switch of psychopath. You know, where you know he becomes protective and and even when he killed that guy last season, I was just. That was like probably the greatest Amos moment ever. Yeah. Um, but I mean, he does kind of turn it on. It's almost like he has this emotional armor sometimes. And, uh, you know, it's kind of cool yeah. to see that play out. I definitely want to have a bear with Amos. I wouldn't <laughs> want to be on his bad side, but nope. yeah, I, I actually know if it's not to the same degree, but that type of personality. And yeah, it's intense. And I have, yeah. I have actually sympathy towards like, like the Amos types out there, right? Yeah. They're trying to do the yeah. best. They're trying to protect people. They're trying to do the right thing. They just need some some help. <laughs> I like Very that self aware too of like yeah. that he's not like he, what he grew up with, and that he's not equipped with <laughs> maybe the right well, the also, right tools to process everything. Yeah. So he also kind of like looks to other people and tries to mimic them. And he's coming into his own, which I like to see. Yeah, especially because Holden has to be his protector at this point. And it's yeah. almost like he's never experienced that before. Yeah. You know? And that little turn of events where he starts to see again and he tells him, you know, I get to say that I took you down or whatever. And Amos <laughs> says, you could tell him anything. But uh, it was just such a good character growth moment for Amos. And, and even yeah. for Holden to kind of admit, like, I need you, Amos. Like, kind of hold it together yeah. here. Holden and Amos, like, in the books, too, which is super fun because they were, like, you know, good cop, bad cop, basically. It was just, you know, Holden's the the good guy and the good voice and Amos is the fist, basically getting to see some of that and also getting to see in these two episodes the two of them get to be really affectionate mm-hmm. i was like i didn't realize how starved i am to see like just men being affectionate towards each other yeah because <laughs> a lot of times you see really weird portrayal of like friendships like mm-hmm. it's always got to be competition and stuff i'm like they're just Oh, just let them be friends and show affection for another. There's nothing so wrong with bro happy. love. There's bro love out there. Exactly. I, I love my friends. I am an emotional yes. guy. There's nothing wrong with yes. it. And uh, yes, you're right, Laura. It's cool to see it out on, on screen I and played it. out. Yeah. yeah. I've recently told, been told there's like men should have emotions. So I've been working on oh, that. What? I know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, We're besides just the whole, this out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not the lizard brain stuff. You know, the whole hate, violence, uh, happiness. That's okay. No, it's all the in between stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm only happy. Turns out no. <laughs> men feel all kinds of emotions. Who knew? <laughs> I know. I'm just and not just in this. space, in different worlds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not a new Terra. <laughs> it was really nice to see Amos be vulnerable for once 
because you know it's 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 something that you see i feel like in a lot of of sci-fi be it a book or a movie or even a show you always have like these these especially like some something that involves the military you always have like these gung ho soldiers that have no emotions no feelings and just want to like kill things and be a badass all the time but you don't get to see the other side of them because they're never they're never have those personality traits or those quirks or they're never written that yeah. way but i feel like the expanse and not just with the amos but just okay. in general does a good job of portraying those kinds of emotions for characters that in normal sci-fi just because of tropes would never get that and yeah. thankfully okay. they don't they don't okay. have Let that me, can you just wait in, yeah. in here for a second because this is important you see uh, the cause of violence the cause of confrontation yeah. the cause of conflict right it does take it out on your mental health there's you know, post-traumatic stress syndrome, PTSD, is very, very common. Certain, like, it varies between individuals, and many individuals can recover quite quickly from it. But you see the stress. You see that in Amos with his violence. You see that in Bobby. Bobby's yeah. stuck on Mars right now just going nuts yeah. and trying to find a way to make money and take care of her as a nephew. And, and, and now he, she's involved with organized crime. Great. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's like, what do you do? What do you think people who are in you know combat arms or around the world of violence? Why do they think drinking is acceptable? They drink a lot. Why? Because they're self-medicating. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad you mentioned yeah, Bobby yeah, yeah. though, because Bobby's kind of almost taking place of, of what a guy would feel, especially a guy soldier. You know, like we kind of yeah. you think of veterans that way who've gone through war and whatnot, and uh, you know, the whole breakup with what was his name, the the boyfriend. That she she caught. I can't remember. I can't remember his name. I, I'll look it up. Yeah, in a minute, he's but... not important. Yeah. Don't worry about that. She's on to that the guy. <laughs> yeah, that guy. But even their breakup, uh, like hers, was very kind of what you would put in a, in a guy category. You know, like shut it down. Mm-hmm. Like don't show any emotion. But of course, once he walks out of the room, like she shows her anger and frustration, and even you could say hurt. Like when she threw the bottle at the TV. You know, like it's kind of cool to see the reversal of those roles. You know, because Bobby, I feel yep. like can feel those emotions too. And you kind of see it from the soldier side, you know? Yeah. But yeah. that's like... more, more reality of people, right? It's not, but the whole, you know, the whole fat thing going on. Right. And no, it's, it's more, more complicated than just that. It, it's just, it's lifestyle, it's mindset and it's less than gender. Right. So it's just, uh, I, I really like this. Very... I really, I really like the series. There's so many I'm things going experience on. Experience too, for like yeah. veterans who maybe bought into you know what they sell you you know that you're fighting for the nation in this case mars and then realized that maybe they were disillusioned you know and yeah, yeah. that it isn't exactly what they were sold and coming to terms with that especially like for her now that they have all these new planets mars is dying and so she's like dedicated her whole life to fighting for this dream that is just dead in the water now <laughs> so yeah. it's like your whole life's purpose is just gone yeah low you you laid your finger on a very important uh kind of pulse so to speak because you have the whole military trope right you buy into a belief system like mars or the military or the police force something like that then mm-hmm. you contrast that to say amos and you know growing up on the streets in the gutter and, and slowly yeah. climbing his way out, right? Still much more violent, I would say, probably over a long, greater period of time. And, but they 
the Amos's of the world, they still suffer from post-traumatic stress. Yeah. They still, oh, yeah. Like, like, many of them are cl- trying to climb under the gutter because they don't want the lifestyle. They're trying to make their lives better. Yeah. And and, and what's what's worse, uh, buying into a belief system and then feeling betrayed afterwards or just trying to claw your way out of the gutter? I don't know. It's an interesting yeah. uh, concept. <laughs> yeah. It's a trauma just from two different ends. Mm-hmm. You know, speaking of Bobby, too, I feel like her storyline this season, I, I'd, I'd be curious to to read the book, too, um, to see how it how it contrasts at this point in, in the original story, um, because she sort of has been sidelined a lot this season. Like, I'm, I'm sure it's in the back in the background, like she has a importance, but. Right now, she actually it's, it... isn't in this book at all. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Well, then that I think that this storyline, yeah, the storyline is from Gods of Risk, I believe, which is a okay. novella. Yeah, yeah. I had to like remind myself of that too. I was like, oh yeah, this is like just they put that in. Well, that would that would make sense because. It definitely it doesn't feel shoehorned in, thankfully, but it it does feel like it's it's part of a like you almost kind of forget about it and yeah um like it's all detached yeah but I do like the way that everything sort of still flows together even though the stories are are kind of all separate right now it still feels quite well done yeah and I mean not jumping ahead but. It does come together, <laughs> but in jumping the end. ahead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but jumping yeah. ahead a little. Try not <laughs> yeah. to jump ahead like in details, but it does come together really nicely, which I like. Yeah. Where you're like, okay, uh, so it's not like it wouldn't come out of nowhere from you know this one side. So it makes yeah. sense to have her in this season. Otherwise, you'd hey. be like, where have you been, Bobby? <laughs> <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> Hey, just to switch topics for a second. I just want to go on record saying this. I think the CGI on the Rossiante is amazing in episode so, seven and eight. Oh, yeah. It's so detailed. Changing your tune, so, huh? No, no, no. This, this is a, compare that to the stupid yacht from season one. It's just night and day, right? Okay. Like, literally, it, it's outstanding. Like, I'm not just saying that. Go out, it's check out season four or season seven, eight, the Rossiante. I run over it, right? Okay. Oh, my God. It's like from a feature film. Really? <laughs> there were points where like it would do you know the shots for the cgi shots of the ships and it was literally like breathtaking i was like this is gorgeous well, yeah. speaking of like other tricks that they do too i really like the uh the slug moment uh so you know you have the slugs on on the faces and then that guy keels over and dies and you know holden just kind of switches the the switch on his flashlight and it's kind of this black yeah. light kind of thing and uh, just kind of the the effect of just showing you how many slugs are on this, you know, structure. Uh, I, that was just a simple little trick, and I felt like it was really effective. Yeah, it mm-hmm. is. Uh, because I think everyone has a memory to go when they went to like a funhouse as a kid, right? Or or an amusement park, and they used the gimmick with the green things on the wall in a dark room. And yeah. I think that oh, translated yeah. very very well into you know the TV screen. It was nice Beautiful. to see some action of some sort or drama in space i know the last episode i mentioned how even though it was nice to be you know on a in a 
physical location it i do miss everything you know something happening in space and it was nice that we got to see some of that and some suspense happen yes um but yeah joel you're 100 right like the i i am so happy that you know the show looks good from the start but it has improved and it just it just goes to show how talented some of the crew members are and the visual effects artists and how lucky we are because you can go back and look at something, you know, even at this point, five or 10 years ago, which seems like back then it looked fantastic. But then you have something yeah. now that is just it blows it out of the water. And you're the more experience you have working on the same show, the better it's going to look. Yeah. And it's amazing. And a little aside here. Uh, yeah, I'm going I'm going to be a bit self uh, Absorbed, uh, self-absorbed. Yeah, absorbed. Uh, so a lot of the scenes where the, politi- uh, the po- political scenes in episode seven and eight uh, is filmed at Roy Thompson Hall in downtown Toronto. There's been a lot of ep- uh, episodes. They use that scene a lot in earlier uh, episodes and earlier seasons. So it's it's kind of like a. It's been around for about fifty years. I know all the bars around there. I used to live in downtown Toronto. Uh, I was called to the bar. And became a lawyer in that building right there. So each time I see these scenes, oh. I see, hey, I remember being on stage and being called <laughs> to the bar of Ontario as a lawyer. Yeah, yeah. And then went out and, and I drank a lot. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> I like that you worked in yes. alcohol into the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Save the kid, but uh, I had to be right after. Yeah. Uh, there you go. Yes. Sorry for my little aside. No, that's a oh, that's cool no, little I tidbit, though. That's awesome. Yeah, if I had that, I'd be bragging about it all the time. <laughs> you would, especially. Yes. Well, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Constantly. I guess we could go ahead and talk about um, the political stuff, which I'll be honest, I, I kind of was not a huge fan of mid-season. But like these last few episodes have just really, really ramped it up. And it, it makes things... It makes such like when you think about, OK, you have an election and you have a politician that's trying to get re-election, mm-hmm. and then you have this or, and it's a career politician nonetheless. Um, and then you have the uh, this young up and coming like sort of, for the lack of a better word, bought her way to be where she's at. Um, it kind of makes it like, OK, well, that's how like how do you tell that effectively? But I really liked this part of the story. And it, it's yeah. interesting to see Avasarala be challenged in a way that we haven't seen so far in the show. And honestly, I kind of wasn't expecting it because, you know, it, it sort of emulates real life where you have, if you're from a place where somebody has been um, in office for a long time and they never get challenged, you're like, oh, okay, well, it's yeah. just going to be the same old, same old, um, you know, for better or worse. Uh, it's nice to see that when it, like when you have somebody up and coming that like can provide a serious challenge and make the career politician rethink some of her ways, it's it's very refreshing. It also okay, kind of drives emotion out of the the watcher himself because I think you know a lot of us side with Avasarala and her why she's hesitant to you know, go to these new planets and, and why she doesn't want to and and why she thinks this is the right way and why this is the wrong way. And then you got this new challenger kind of coming in and we're like, no, we've kind of seen what this, you know, uh, proto-molecule can do, do 
to anybody. And, uh, you know, we got somebody who doesn't really know the insides of it and kind of challenging that. So it's, it's nice to have a bit of frustration because you are attached to Avasarala because she's kind of been through the, the midst of it, but also she's being attacked and, 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 and seen that like kind of unfurl and, and kind of unwind her a little bit and how much yeah. that's putting distress on, even on her relationship with Arjun. Uh, it's just kind of a cool thing as a watcher to see this whole playing out, you know? And think about this. Uh, their political system, the UN political system, i.e. Earth's political system, it's actually working. Because you have the old guard, Alperswala, right? Okay, mm-hmm. being very, very cautious. And you have a new person, uh, this uh, Miss Gal uh, person. And she's challenging. And she's challenging on the right points. She's not wrong. Yeah. Aversala is not wrong. They're just seeing things from different perspectives. They're actually very close. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think, yeah, there's really room for both of them in there. They're just gunning for the same spot. Mm-hmm. So, but I need people like both of them. But yeah, it was kind of fun to see a Vasarela who we're very used to at this point suddenly like have her throne basically yeah. challenged. She has to fight for it, and you see her. You get to see her teeth, like you've seen her fight for stuff, but now you like see her fight for her own position and start playing like these kind of dirty political games. Yeah, and I know that some people weren't a fan of her husband's recasting. I really liked it. I really like him, actually. Um, I thought that he played very well as sort of kind of a foil to her do we know if the original actor who played that role uh did he leave did he was available or was there a recast because of the chemistry usually they only recast when they have to right as a general rule i'm not sure yeah what the circumstances were yeah so i I mean no like the last guy was great too he was very sweet i think the new guy too was just also great yeah, if I recall, I think it was just scheduling conflicts. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, no, I might be I wrong, think, but I think that's what it was. I think Vasarela just bad. needs someone in there to in her life to temper her, and her husband's having a particularly difficult time of it during an election. <laughs> yeah, and there's also the fact that the husband teaches Greek mythology, which ties mm-hmm. directly into hubris and ego. Yeah. Yeah. Hubris is always the ultimate sin. Achilles. Yep. Yeah. He was talking about yes. Achilles at the time. Yeah. So yeah. there's a lot of that going on, right? And yeah. who knows what the future will bring to this series. I know they already wrapped season five, but that's going to play out. So uh, yeah. I can't wow. wait. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I thought that was since she's hopefully, you know, fighting for the good of people on earth, but he brings up very, I think not incorrectly that it seems at time, like she's fighting mostly for herself and her position. Yeah. And also so, it's brought I up mean, too that she, love, uh, sorry, go ahead, Laura. <laughs> no, I was just going to say, like, I love her, but yeah, sometimes I was just like, she's, it's very much like she's fighting for her own spot right now. Which is the contrast I was going to bring up because, her husband even says, you didn't want this job. 
And yeah. now she's like kind of playing dirty, uh, you know, to, to get the points up, like releasing the, the footage, all that stuff. Like yeah. she's playing dirty for her own pride. Yep. Yeah. And, and you have the head of the UN military uh, resigned, right? Uh, over principle. Yep. Yeah. Because yeah. he didn't want to uh, serve someone who is so politically, I don't know, uh, motivated. Yeah. I think, yeah, I thought of this a bit when we were talking about Amos, too, when we're talking about seeing him vulnerable. It's like, yeah, we also kind of get to see a Vassarella who's been very, like, a stone or just immovable throughout this. You're kind of seeing her get pushed down a bit. I think, honestly, even though I I like the fact that she, and I hate it for the character because you want to sympathize for her. And like you like spoilers, but she loses the election. I think that's that's pretty evident. Like one, yeah. once you know things start to happen, I think it's pretty evident that she's. Wait, going wait, to wait, lose. wait, 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 Chris. What episode are you on right now? Oh, I finished it. I finished. <laughs> I, I, I watched the whole rest. I watched wait, the whole rest. You watched season five, yeah. <laughs> He's writing it, in fact. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa, He's okay. writing some fan fiction, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Novellas. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I I was, you know, you want to root for her, but you also like kind of selfishly want her to lose. And it, it's just, it's a weird position to be in because she's, she's never been one to back down from the, from her challenges for the whole rest, for the first uh, three lose. seasons of the show. Yeah, but now she has to deal with it, and then not only have the political pressure, um, but also just like her her marriage. And there's that yeah. you obviously see the tension there, and even not just um, with that, but even the people like she has on like her campaign staff too. So, and then she has just in the back of her mind everything with Holden and everything that that, that entails, and it's just you can obviously see the stress and the frustration and. Um, you want to root for, but then um, you, know, you kind of feel bad. You're like, well, maybe you do, you know, not need a career politician in there. Maybe it is time for some fresh blood. So it, just the way that everything kind of plays out is just, it's so smart. Yeah. And she's being played by this OPA, like very radical terrorist, Marco. Yeah. Oh, is it? Yeah. I, I Norris. I Norris. Oh, yeah. And she's being played badly because Marco is winning. He's playing all the parties to his advantage. Yeah. Yep. This guy's going, like, going, yeah, going places. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Marco. Which is uh, <laughs> totally affecting the belt, you know, and kind of separating them because there are the belt itself uh, has different factions and it's very fragile and it's starting to show its cracks a lot more. Uh, so much so that drummer was like, screw this. I'm out of here. I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Which is like a very good environment for someone like Marco to come in. Like, hey, I'm a big, charismatic dude with big ideas. So here's a speech. Join yeah, and, me. With, and, and with a simple escape group, right? All the yep. problems the Baltas have faced, it's because of the Enders. It's it, Enders. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the thing is, too, he's not always wrong. <laughs> There's like a grain of truth in there. He's just going about it in a very bad way well and he is a group to blame yeah yeah a a, a, yeah we can swear (laughs) 
Can we sure. say cuss up, words here? It's up to Chris. <laughs> you can just hey, take that I, out. <laughs> you could say whatever you want. It is it, Ian is the one editing. <laughs> yeah, hey, Ian. <laughs> All of my lines are just going to be B. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will say I, I'm not I mean, obviously I'm not a fan of um, of the character that we've seen so far of Marco but like I don't really think they portrayed him in the best way uh, well we'll we'll save you know his motivations and everything that happens with him uh, by the end of the season for the next episode but I don't think I mean and maybe I would feel differently if I just watched everything episodes one through 10, like all at once, or if I read the book, but yeah. maybe like, I don't think that they set him up as the, as a villain that well. Well, I think part of what makes it so effective too, is that he's kind of cast sympathetically too. Yeah. Like there's a lot of things that he says that you're like, no, that makes sense. Like, yeah, sure. And I think a lot of what I feel, too, is because I've read the books and stuff. Yeah. And I don't want to spoil anything, but, like, I hate Marco and Aros. So. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm, not too sure. yeah. I'm not too sure about Marco's, uh, you know, taste in women, uh, his ex-girlfriends, or his one in particular ex-girlfriend. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Uh, <laughs> we, I, yeah, I, I think... That's uh, one thing you got, right? Laura was alluding, though, to that... Uh, we haven't seen Marco kind of do his thing yet. We've seen it from the shadows, if anything, because, yeah, we did see him in more of a weakness moment where they're about to send him out of the airlock. But we really haven't seen him kind of mastermind anything where things kind of come out of his mouth, because as us for the watcher watching things happen and then having Marco's name attached to it kind of loses its, its power. But it definitely makes you hate him for sure. Yeah. yeah. The yeah. thing is, when you have clear enemies, it makes things very easy to be in charge of an organization, right? As a, like a terrorist cell or even at a, at a military scale, right? Okay, where you have armies. Yeah, who's the bad guys? It's black and white. We have to win this war and the gloves are off. We don't care how we fight this war. We need to win because these people are not human. So it's the yeah. dehumanizing aspect of it. Yeah. And it's horrible. And, and, and Marco, like... Without alluding to any real p- politics of our current age, is like yeah, he's <laughs> typically you know he's very charismatic. I can't say the word. He's very pretty and he he, he yeah. sways things right. Okay, but uh, he's definitely in the line of uh, fascist tendencies. He's no you know John F. Kennedy. He, that's just no. It's very different in terms of their ideology. Really quick, I wanted to throw out something, and this is kind of just random, <laughs> so bear with me here. I was kind of peeking at Instagram over recording really quick, and uh, the guy who plays Amos, Wes, he just posted, and uh, looks like they're doing a Zoom right now, uh, so it's oh. kind of cool to see. You know, we got to see Frankie Adams and uh, yeah. Miss, Miss Tipper is, is her Instagram handle, um, yeah. but, uh, Naren's <laughs> on there. It's kind of cool. We're having Are our we mo- we're, we're having our moment we, we, though we, we, too. So, <laughs> like, like, where's my invite on Zoom? Uh, you know, come on. <laughs> yeah, DM and be like, "Hey, we're here too." <laughs> that's that's excellent. Joel's basically on the show. He drank there once. Yeah, yeah there you go. Yeah. 
<laughs> nice. Once? No, actually, I, I more than once. But still. <laughs> or the, he dr- exactly. <laughs> he's he's been drunk there several times. <laughs> hey, Toronto's a fun town. Okay, it's a big smoke. Okay. <laughs> I don't oh, know. Wow. I love how how they're how friendly they are with each other. Like they have such good chemistry together. And I think that comes through after spending four seasons filming, no, five seasons filming, right? Okay. You get to a point where you actually get really good chemistry among cast members. Oh, they mm-hmm. hate each other really bad. And that's hard yeah. to fake, even for professional yeah. actors. Yeah. I'm really glad they like each other. Yeah. I remember like before the show started and uh, seeing the casting for them. So, like, all I had was, you know, I had read the first couple books. And they're like, here's the people who are going to play the characters. And I was like, I don't, I don't know about these people. <laughs> Actually, I looked at Cass and I was like, oh, yeah, that's Alex. Okay, that's cool. I looked at <laughs> Wes and I was like, that guy's too pretty to be Amos. <laughs> Joke's <laughs> on me. <laughs> He's perfect. <laughs> so I am very glad to eat those words. They're all lovely. I'm so glad they're all together. Well, do you guys have anything else you want to say about these two episodes? I feel like we kind of covered everyone's storylines, or almost everyone's. Uh, yeah. Oh, so what's happening with Miller? Uh, oh, yeah. Well, let's he find out the next episode. Right down, huh? <laughs> yeah. yeah that, that's a bit of a cliffhanger there, right? That's, yeah, yeah he's, that's he's why, I, why I ended up like, because I watched the two episodes. I was like, okay, yeah. I'm going to have to talk about these. Better watch them. Uh, and then I got to him right at the end, and I was like, "Well, guess I'll just watch the last two as well." Like, <laughs> because just they, where it leaves off with him screaming, I was like, "God, I love this show." Yeah, so like good. In, in episode eight, the same episode, we we have so many success stories: the cure of the blindness, the survive the tsunami, right? Okay, uh, yeah. you know, they're they they're, they're trying to deal with the slug issue, right? Okay. Uh, the whole in space with the one ship uh, being going to be burned up, they solved that issue. Everything's great. And yep. then Holden's walking out and then runs into Miller, and there's something wrong with Miller. Yeah. If it's Miller. Or, or that, that thing that presents well, itself as Miller, right? There's Ooh, something more wrong with Miller now. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, oh, okay. Talking about PTSD. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> oh, that's great. And I think that's a great evil, right? Ah, this there's death and survival, but there's things that can, you know, make emptiness. Oh, oh, I love this series. Great, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah, my was, my takeaway. Yeah, I was like, God, I love this show. I'm gonna keep watching. <laughs> People that have been following uh, the podcast uh, since it started should know that Miller is my favorite character, and I absolutely love the way that he is handled in this season particularly we'll we'll get into that later because he's he's mainly the focus of nine and ten so i'll save my 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 praise for next episode but i was very happy with with his storyline so good so yeah any any other parting words i was gonna say in the land of the blind the man with the one eye is king absolutely I liked one of my favorite bits from the whole series, the books, was actually from um, this book, which I'm not even going to try and pronounce because I always feel like I'm pronouncing it wrong. But it's just where, like, Alex talks to 
it's a different character in the books, but it's basically Lucia here and uh, talking about how she messed up with her family. And then he, you know, shares how he messed up with his family and that kind of bonding moment. I really enjoy when we get to see more of Alex (laughs) kind of sharing his story as well and kind of not holding back on being like, yeah, no, you messed up. (laughs) That's like, you can't go back from that. You just have to keep moving forward and you still have time to try and get some of it. Like you still have your family here and you can talk to them. I messed up and I can't go back to that. And I was like, Alex, (laughs) no. (laughs) Uh, You know, Laura, men are from Mars. <laughs> Women from Venus. <laughs> oh, that made me tired. <laughs> I did, <that's> right. <laughs> we made it almost this like whole time. <laughs> she was just waiting. <laughs> oh, I'm just kidding. That was good. <laughs> I'm just mad I didn't. <laughs> well, I think that's a good uh, a good note to wrap the episode up on. So if you want to follow uh, follow us on Twitter, we are at Crash Couch. Please get involved in the conversation with us. Let us know what you liked about these two episodes, what you didn't like, what you liked about the season, what you didn't like, uh, any kind of conversation. It's good conversation. Well, maybe maybe not always on Twitter, but at least in our, <laughs> our little universe, we can probably say that. Also, I have some breaking news for everyone. Laura uh-huh. has a new Twitter handle. Yay! Or at least it's new to the show. You can, Yay. yeah, you Yay. can spell it. Yeah, <laughs> I don't have to so look Laura. it up to see how to spell my own handle. Yeah. <laughs> Laura, what is your Twitter handle? It's Laura Donut. It's at Laura Donut. D O N U T. And you can come over and talk to me and talk about how much Marco Monaro sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Joel, what is your Twitter? Uh, my Twitter is at uh, Joel underscore Welch, W-E-L-C-H. And what is the Twitter of your podcast? Oh, right. I have a podcast. I have a couple podcasts. Uh, I do one with Ernie. Hey, Ernie. How you doing? We haven't talked so much. Hey, buddy. I call Men and Like Football. And we do with a couple other people. And I have my own personal, very quirky uh, show, I must admit, called the Sci-Fi Pubcast, which is available anywhere you get your podcasts. And we do upload videos to YouTube the next day, generally. And their Twitter address is at Sci-Fi Podcast. It's very original. Uh, you can also find the Crash Couch uh, currently being uploaded on those on uh, Joel's Sci-Fi Podcast YouTube channel too. So if you want to listen to that, listen to the show that way, you can. So thank yeah. you, Joel, for that. Yeah. So yeah. So basically, it's just like a podcast network, but we're not a network. There you go. Yeah, we're just we're just trying to help each other out. That's basically it. And finally, Ernie. Yay. Uh, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter <laughs> at your buddy Ernie. I also have my show, uh, Talking Earnestly. I'm about to record a new episode here pretty soon, and I'm pretty excited. And uh, yeah. Nice. And I realized that I didn't promote my own Twitter, which is at The Curse of Chris. I'm also going to be putting out uh, my podcast soon once I uh, can find time to record it. Hopefully it will be within the next week, but we'll see. Uh, I have a lot of things to say about the uh, Final Fantasy VII remake that just came out. So, yeah, hopefully uh, I'll be recording with that soon. Thanks for listening. 
and uh, we'll see you next time for episodes 9 and 10 the finale see ya take care Bye. bye be safe